today. Just a few days ago, we had a conference called the Raising Up Elijah's Conference, Miss Benji Mallory does, and I delivered a message there, and I want to share that message with you this morning. So if by chance, my good friend brother Mike Adams uh, is able to hear this message, he says, I talk so fast when I'm preaching, maybe if he hears it twice, he might get more of the points that I'm trying to make, but uh, I just told him he needs to learn how to listen fast. And I'm trying to slow up a little bit. I, it's just where I grew up at. We, My whole family talks fast. So I try to slow up and give you a little place, uh, a moment to think every now and then about what's being said. But the title of the message is All Out to Be All In. All Out to Be All In. And you'll understand that as we go further. In Hebrews 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, seeing also... We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay, which is also set aside, every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us. So the writer of Hebrews here is telling us that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses we can't even see. Now, what is basically given reference to is the testimony, the life that they live, is their witness, just like the life I live, the life you live in Christ. When we're gone, it's still a witness to those who knew us, to those who are able to get anything that we have written, anything that uh, videos, media, whatever. If you've preached, if you've lived, if you've been a Christian, your testimony will live on. Many, many years after you're gone, sometimes, in some cases, centuries will pass by the influence that has been given by you and this great cloud of witnesses. But it does stress to lay aside every weight and all the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, when we talk about these witnesses, who are we talking about? Can we sum it down a little bit? Yes, we can. In Hebrews, it also mentions the great hall of faith all of those who have gone on, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, uh, Noah, and the list can go on. All the patriarchs, all of those who have already gone before us, our forefathers is what we generally say. But their, their witness is still alive. Why? Because we have the word of God. We, we can read what they did. We can, we can read the word of God and, and see their life, see what they went through, how they had down times, they had up times, what happened when they got close to God and what happened when they didn't. But they are the great cloud of witnesses, along with the apostles. Well, to be sure, the twelve apostles, those who followed Jesus, the disciples, they're also a part of that great cloud of witnesses. But not only them, but every person who has died for the name of Jesus Christ or died in the name of Jesus Christ, they're also that great crowd of witnesses. If you ever get the opportunity to watch the newest movie out on the Apostle Paul, I encourage you to watch it. it. It is real. It gives you a real vivid picture of what it was like for the early church and how they were persecuted and how they were martyred and how they lost everything for the cause of Christ. If you get a chance to watch that movie, while well, maybe you've got this time at home, I encourage you, the Apostle Paul, watch that movie. It, it'll open your eyes when you really realize the price that they paid and yet there are many overseas and Muslim countries, even today, and in Asian countries who are losing their life today because they will not deny the name of Jesus Christ. You know, we don't hear about it in the news, but it's happening. If you want to know more about that, you can go to uh, 
Voice of the Martyr on their website. And they're always reaching out, trying to help these people, getting Bibles to them and encourage them, helping the families of those who have been martyred. But you need to check that out. They are part of that great cloud of witnesses. But what about people, when we go back and look in our history in the last couple of hundred years, Billy Sunday, A.W. Tozer, Peter Marshall, Charles Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, John Knox, Martin Luther, Watchman Nee, John Wesley, Corey Ten Boone, Kenneth Hagan, William J. Seymour, Lester Summerall, Amy Semple McPherson, John G. Lake, Catherine Coleman, Smith Wigglesworth, Billy Graham, and the latest being Reinhard Bonnke. All of these that we know, we've read about, we're reading their information still. They're part of that great cloud of witnesses. Their testimony is letting us know we can run the race and we can finish with victory. That we can be and do just as God used them, God can use each one of us. You say, well, I'm not a theologian. You don't have to be. All God's asked you to do is be his child. And God will work through us by the Holy Spirit to do awesome things. Maybe you don't write a book. Maybe you don't sing a song. But your life is a testimony to somebody who needs to see Jesus Christ. Now, when the Bible says that we are compassed about, that doesn't mean just in our presence. That means we're completely surrounded in the spiritual realm by this cloud of witnesses. I mean completely. There's not a place for the devil to get in unless we allow him in. So great emphasizes. Notice it says so great a cloud of witnesses. The emphasis here is on the cloud. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. Just like the so in John 3, 16, God so loved the world. Just like the light in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine. Same so, same uh, intent there is that it is the quality that is speaking about. There is so great a cloud of witnesses. It is the quality. It's not just the ordinary folks, but those who dared to walk with God, those who dared to be faithful, those who dared to give up everything for the cause of Jesus Christ. Not just a crowd, but a crowd that was sold out to God completely and Jesus Christ. The weight is anything that would hinder us in any way from running the race that God has put before us and fulfilling the call on our life. Ensnares means to be caught up, to be entrapped by. He says, don't let sin catch you up and ensnare you and trap you like an animal. But instead, watch where you're going. Watch what you're doing. To run, I love this, means to move out of speed faster than a walk. But here's what's really interesting. Never having both feet on the ground at the same time. That's running. Now, the Bible says there's a time we ought to stand and stand our ground. There's a time that we lean on the Lord. There's a time we lay before the Lord. There's a time we walk in the Spirit. But then the Bible also says there's a time we ought to be running. We ought to be running with the message of Jesus Christ to this world because time is running short. Running means urgency. You're trying to get there quicker. And my friends, as we look around us today, we're in a hurting, dying world that needs hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we ought to be running with this message. This is not a time to be standing unless you're standing in your faith. It's not a time to be walking unless you're walking with the Spirit. 
It's a time to be running with the message because we've got a cloud of witnesses that are in the stands cheering us on to get it done. In Galatians 5.16, it says, Walk, which means live in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? That's how we do it. That's how we do it. If we walk, which means live, that walk means live in the Spirit. One thing I want to know, if, when I say, Lord, help me stay out of sin, you know what God says? Walk in the Spirit. Stay close to the Spirit, and He'll keep you out of sin. He'll keep you from the wrong attitude. He'll keep you from getting upset about things. He'll keep you from being fearful and doubtful and confused in this time that we're living in. The Holy Spirit was given to us to comfort us, guide us, protect us, and strengthen us. And I could go on and on. We need a great awareness of the Holy Ghost. And when you get that, we can stay away from the things that would so easily weigh us down and ensnare us. If we walk, and which means to live, then run means to what? Live beyond the walking. So to walk means to live in the Spirit. But here he's saying run. That means take it to the fullest. Do everything you can possibly do to get out the word of Christ. Endurance, I love this, means no matter how difficult, quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. I don't know how many times even, whew, if you want to know what it is to want to quit, become a pastor. Every Monday morning you want to hang it up. But thank God the Holy Spirit knows more than we know. He encourages, He builds us up. He strengthens us and says, all right, get back with the race. The pity party's over. Get back to the race. Have I not blessed you to do what I've called you to do? But sometimes we get tired. We get worried. But we got to endure. we got to realize quitting is not an option. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going all the way with Jesus. That race that he's talking about here is the calling, the purpose, the plan, and the destiny that's on your life. And every person, doesn't matter who you are today, you have a call on your life. I have a call. They have a call of it. The music that they're doing. I can't tell you how exciting these messages have become now that we've got music incorporated. I love music and word together. You know, and God's bringing all this together. You know, I, I told some of you we were praying that God would eventually give us, you know, I've got in my mind a beautiful studio that I want to use to the glory of God. Well, mom and pop have already yielded up their living room. We've made a studio out of this. So we're going to do with what we got until we can do better. But uh, praise God, the anointing's here. And I'll tell you something, I'd rather be right here right now with the anointing than ever get anywhere it's not. So we're going to wait on the Lord. If he wants us to have all of that, he will supply it. But it's kind of like Moses says, you ain't going with me. I ain't going. If we're going somewhere else just because it's professional and there's no anointing, I don't want to go there. So thank God right now what we're in, his presence is here. And I'm hoping you can feel it even though it comes through the media. We pray over these messages. We pray over these songs that they will bless your life and encourage you. And I really mean, I, I really believe that many of you are feeling that. You are sensing that anointing that God wants to work through us. The race is your calling. It is your plan. It's the destiny that God has for your life. To set means it's marked out and made clear. You know, sometimes when I hear people say, well, I just don't know what my purpose is. Uh, Brother Louie, Giglio, is that right? He said it best. Here's your purpose. To know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and make them known. There it is. You don't get any plainer than that. It is our calling. It is our job, no matter where we work, 
What our occupation, don't get me wrong, if you're in an occupation that displeases the Lord, go get another one. But it, your job, your career, your community, no matter where you're at, our call, our purpose is to know our Father God, to know our Savior Jesus, to know the Holy Spirit, and make them known. Doesn't matter how, where, when, what, that's your call. Now you know, get on with it. Quit sitting around wondering, now you know, get on with it. To know them and make them known. So what does it mean to run the race that God has set before us? Let's look at a few things. Jesus gave us a glimpse in Luke 18.22 with the rich young ruler who had faithfully lived by the law. I mean, he had been obedient to the law. But Jesus said to him, when he came asking about salvation, how can I have eternal life? And Jesus, first of all, said, well, live the commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. The young man was quick to say, I have lived all of this from my childhood up. I have been perfected in living the law. You didn't hear that much. But this young man said it. He said, I've done this since my childhood. But notice what Jesus said. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Jesus said unto him, with compassion, I really, Jesus wasn't judging him. He saw his heart. He said, you still lack one thing. How often do we lack one thing? Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then he said, then come, follow me. You want eternal life? Give away all your possessions, just like my disciples have. They've left everything and come follow me. The Bible's a sad story because the Bible says, and the young man was grieved in his heart and walked away. Why? Because Jesus knew that one thing that was holding him back. That one thing that was weighting him down. That one thing that was ensnaring him was his possessions. Yeah, he'd been faithful. Now notice now, he had been faithful living the law, doing what was required by the law, giving the sacrifices of the law. And now notice, because he had been faithful to the law, God had been faithful to him. And he'd been blessed tremendously. But now God was asking him to give it all up. See, so often, come on now, we all want God's blessings. But we don't want to give them back to God. We want God to heal us and keep us in strength. And even when going through this virus situation, we want to stay protected by God. And God says, no problem. I'm going to do that because I'm faithful. But what are you going to do with what I'm giving you to help other people? I'm, I'm keeping you safe. Are you praying for the safety of other people? I'm, I'm encouraging you with my word. And my, are you encouraging other people? Are you willing to give me back what I've given you without limit. But the young man wasn't willing and, and he walked away instead of following Jesus. Now here was a man who was walking the walk and talking the talk. He was, he'd have been, man, in any ordinary church, he'd have been the head guy, he'd have been the head deacon, the head wife, the head board man, he'd have been at the top of the list. He was the religious of the religious. But he lacked one thing. He wasn't willing to give it all up. Wow. He was hindered. But then Jesus goes a little bit further. 
Not just with this young man, but in Matthew 19, 29, it says, And everyone that has left houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, which means all your possessions, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold. That's in this world, because you won't need it in the one that's coming. And shall inherit eternal life. That's forever. But notice what he said. Now, he didn't say you're always going to have to. What he's implying here is you've got to be willing to. Because sometimes he may never ask you to leave your family or your job or whatever. But what if he does? What if he does? Somebody this morning needs to say everything. Come on, let's say it. Everything. Again, Everything. Not some, not most, but all and everything. Not just the sin, not just the things that hinder. You know, when I look at that, I see so many Christians who are not bound up in sin by any means. They're not hindered by sinful things or whatever that they're going through. Yeah, they have their struggles, but they're not being, they're not in addictions. They are great. Christians living to the best of their ability with the word and the help of the Holy Spirit. So they're not hindered by those things. But even those things dear to us cannot take priority over God's call on us. So even though you may not be living in sin, maybe you're not weighted down. Maybe you're not ensnared. Maybe you are walking the word and living in purity and holiness. But is God still our top priority above everything else? I've known many who were not held back by sin over the years. But hear me now. We're talking about the call, the plans, and the purposes of God on your life, your destiny. I've known many Christians who were not held back by sin in any way. They were living pleasing to God, but they were held back by family, position, jobs, and security. Wow. Yes. wow. I knew a minister many, many years ago. Wow, he was a powerful man of God. He was one of the first ministers that I ever met that spoke Spanish. <coughs> I remember that as a young, because at that time you're talking about, I mean, I'm in my 30s. People weren't really speaking a lot of Spanish in the United States. But this guy, I mean, he was affluent in Spanish. But then again, he was, he was Spanish anyway. But. He was an awesome preacher. And I, I went to school with this gentleman. And I was every time he would speak, I'd listen. Because this man was full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the word. He was anointed. When he would get up and teach, whew, it was like the heavens opened and revelation came down. And you know, I just always told the other guys, this man's going somewhere. Because not only can he speak my language, which I don't know if anybody really truly speaks my language with all this country slang that I use, but you get the point. He could speak Spanish. And, and at that time, he was already doing Hispanic ministries as well. So this guy was doing an awesome job. And I would tell the guys in class, man, this guy's going somewhere. He, he's going to be able to reach the nation. And one of the other guys said something that really broke my heart. He said, no, he ain't going far. And I said, what do you mean he's not going far? He said, I'm not talking about in the spiritual, I'm talking about in the physical. I said, do explain that to me. He said, 
This man was not saved when he got married. And after a couple years of got married, he got radically saved and got on fire for God and eventually became a minister and became a, a preacher and now he's pastoring at a local church. And he's had many opportunities to go to larger churches and use his talent. He said, don't get me wrong, the church he's at is extremely blessed. He said, but he cannot go within driving distance of going and coming back in one day because his wife told him when he came into the ministry, you go wherever you want to go, but me and my kids are staying right here. And we're not leaving here because my family's here. This is where I grew up. And you can go anywhere in this world you go, but you're going by yourself because me and the kids are staying here. That's the saddest story I've ever heard. Now, don't get me wrong. That man spent most of his life ministering in that region. Now, this is before we had all the internet, and today he could have reached out, but at that time, he was not able to do. Why? Because of family. Because of family. So don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. And sometimes it's not what family's telling you do. You're not willing to give up family or position or job or security. If we have not given up all to follow Jesus... Today, you know what's holding you back. I don't have to tell you. You know. The Spirit's already been talking to you about it. You know what's holding you back from doing everything God's called you to do and challenged you to do. Whether it's your faith, whatever it is, you know if there's something holding you back. And if by chance you don't know, I believe by the time this message is over, the Spirit's going to speak to you, you will know. Are you willing to go wherever? You know, we got our... Precious niece here today, Mariana from Argentina. I've never been there. I've looked at pictures. It's a beautiful country. But you know, she, she married this horse fly named Luke. He's cut out right, just sewed up wrong. But he's awesome. And God's using him in a great way. But the great thing is God's using both of them in a great way. But because she loved him, she was willing to leave her family and her country to come to America that God could fulfill the call on their life. Not just what they do, not just our occupation. She knows God's got a call on their life. And she was willing to do that. And I want to tell you, God's going to bless you for that. You know, I love my family in North Carolina. I see them when I can. But I'm going to tell you, that was a hard choice. It was tough. And God gave me a beautiful wife, anointed, powerful in the Lord, beautiful family. You know, when I look at what God has given me and, and, and accordance to what I've given up, I haven't lost a thing. I've only gained. You'll never give up anything that He won't bless you. I've said many times, if you'll give up everything for God, God will give you everything. He just wants to know that you're more important than anything He can ever give you. This old world is in a storm, but they have a destiny to fulfill. God has destined each one of us who by his sacrifice in Jesus Christ will go where and when he sins no matter what. Now, I want to get to what I was really talking about. you got to be all out to be all in. you got to be all out to be all in. Now, when we look in the story of the Apostle Paul in Acts 27, we have here that Paul is destined to go to Rome. Now, when he writes the book of Romans, he's in another place and he sends them a letter saying, Hey, I'm coming this is who I am. I want to be there with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to share with you what Jesus has done in my life. I want to help you to establish the church to make it a little stronger. But before I can do that, I've got to go to Jerusalem. 
Well, you know the story. When he goes to Jerusalem, he eventually gets uh, gets brought before Caesar, and all, not Caesar, but uh, the governor and all of those. And he finally has to say, I'm a Roman. Therefore, he has to be sent to Rome to be sentenced. So he was going to Rome, but he wasn't expecting going that way. Now, I can promise you something. You're not going to always figure out the way that God wants you to go somewhere. You're going to get there. But God's way will always be the best way. Because Paul ended up doing more in Rome because he was imprisoned and house arrest than he could have done on his own. But you see, in between Jerusalem and Rome, Paul did a lot of great things to influence a lot of people. So our destiny is in God's hands. Don't even try to figure it out. Just go with it. Just go with it. I was telling Luke the other night and Mariana, sometimes we get out in the ocean and we want to fight the waves and try to figure out how to swim when God says get on the surfboard and make the most of it. Ride it out. If you're going to be there, you just as well enjoy the ride. Trust God and enjoy the ride. It's going to be awesome. And when you look back, you're going to say, wow, man, that was, I'd have never done it that way, but it sure was awesome. When I look back over the ministry, over the years, things that I would have never thought to do, but God has allowed us to do, it turned out awesome. If Glenn would have had his way, I'd have made a mess out of everything. God knows what he's doing, amen? So we see uh, here in Acts 27, Paul has a race to run. That race leads to Rome. That's part of his destiny, to reach God's glory and to benefit men. To reach the next phase or the place of his destiny, we know that, that they're in a port and Paul tells the soldier that's in charge of the boat and other prisoners, you don't need to sell out at this time. If you sell out, there's a, we're in, it's too late in the year. The currents are going to change. The weather's going to change. You don't need to go. But the guy went anyway because he wanted to get back to Rome. Well, you know the story. They get out on the seas. Next thing you know, a storm came up. It got rough. It was from what I can read about it, it was almost like hurricane conditions. Fourteen days they were in a storm. Could you imagine that? You think you've been through something. Fourteen days they were in a storm. And when you read the story, some things started happening. The first thing was they threw over the cargo. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, that was their money. They were hauling stuff back to Rome to sell. That was their security. Sometimes, friend, to get where you want, where God wants you to be, you might have to get rid of your security. The things that keep you secure and put your security in Him. Number two, it says they eventually threw out the furniture. The beds, the seats, the chair, they threw out the furniture. What is that? That's comfort. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. Doing what God's called you to do. And then lastly, Paul says, An angel of the Lord has stood before me this night and said, Not one man shall perish if we all stay together. Therefore, brethren, take food, eat, strengthen yourselves, and let's ride the rest of this out. And it says they all ate, they strengthened themselves, and then they threw over what food was left. That was their satisfaction. I don't know about you, food satisfies me. Kim and I have been on Weight Watchers and knocked off a few pounds and yesterday morning I got up and I'm telling you, I had lost uh, enough that I said, I am going to Sprinkles and get me a chocolate covered cream puff or die. And I did and it was so good. Woo! It, was, it was awesome. 
But you know, sometimes I'm just praying that God doesn't ask me to give up my cream puffs. But if you did, hey, you got to to do what you got to do. But see, food satisfies. But Paul said sometimes you even got to get rid of anything that satisfies you and let God be the one that satisfies you. It's amazing the similarities that you see here, isn't it? Then they were eventually, as they went on, the Bible says the next morning they, 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 they fought during the night, and then the next morning when the day broke, they could see the shoreline, they could see a bay, and so what they did is they aimed the ship toward the bay. They cut the ropes of the anchors. They put up the front sail of the boat. And they headed toward the bay. Even in the midst of this storm. Now again, notice the cargo weights us down. Our possessions, if we're not careful, they weight us down. But the ropes hold us back. See, the anchors were dragging to slow the ship down. And if we're not careful, come on now, fear and doubt, and uncertainty, and all of these things are like ropes and anchors that are sometimes dragging us and holding us back. But praise God, sometimes he says, cut the rope, and trust me to get you where you need to go. If you're going to get there, you got to trust me. Lastly, they hoisted up, the Bible says, the front sail, not the back sail, the front on the front of the boat. I was praying about this. Well, Lord, what's that got to do and the, the symbolic, you know, a lot of times I preach the physical to show you the spiritual. So, so what is the implication here? The ropes and pulleys are our faith. The cell itself is our trust. But the wind that blew them to shore was the Holy Ghost. See, every now and then, once you know where you're going, you gotta you gotta activate your faith. You got to put up the cell, your trust, and said, All right, here it is, Lord. I'm putting it up. Now let the Holy Spirit get in behind you and take you where you need to go. It's just that beautiful and it's just that simple. God is a giver and will give us everything we need, when we need it, how we need it, where we need it, and for whatever reasons we need it. God is faithful. And if you know the rest of the story, they made it to the island. Every man made it on shore. Not one man died, just like Paul said. And then notice the next thing. It said the people on the island, I love this story. They, they gathered them around. They got wood together and they built a fire. And the Bible says that Paul was gathering sticks. And when he went to throw them in the fire, one of the vipers, which is a, a deadly poisonous snake, seized onto his hand. Now, Paul is a better man than I am. Because I would have danced all over that beach. Me and that snake would have had ourselves a serenade. I'm telling you. I'd have been jumping and screaming. Well, what did Paul do? The Bible says he shook it off into the fire. And the people that were standing and sitting around watching said, Oh, this man has done something. He has got to be a sinner that even though he's escaped from the sea, now God's going to kill him with a snake. And then they kept watching him, and they kept watching him. He didn't swell up, he didn't get sick, and he didn't die. Then they thought he was a god. Oh, he must be a god. Paul said, no, I'm just like you. And even in that moment, Paul was able to show Jesus Christ. Even before he got to Rome, to all the people on the ship, to the soldiers on the ship, the glory of God was flowing through Paul, even in bad circumstances, that Paul did not wish on anyone, but what I'm saying is, you don't always know the path God's going to take you down. But if you'll just be faithful, he'll bless people all along the way. 
You'll be a witness every step of the way if we'll just be faithful. They threw it all out to be all in. That's what we're talking about. But now I want you to notice one thing before we close. After the season died down a little bit and the storms died down, eventually they got on another ship that had cargo, it had furniture, and it had food. See, sometimes we may have to give up everything, but God will come on, he'll restore it right back to us. Sometimes God may take you down to nothing. But then if we're faithful, he'll bring you right back up and bless you with even more. They got another ship. They got more cargo. They got more food. They had more food. Everything they lost, and yet in that, God moved in a supernatural way. Today, are you willing to throw it all out? Everything. Your satisfaction, your comfort, whatever. That you can fully serve God. Now, I'm not going to sit here today and try to tell you what he's going to ask you to give up or when he's going to ask you to give up or even how. I just know he will. But he wants to know, are you willing? Are you willing to say whatever you want, Lord, whenever you want, Lord, wherever you want, Lord, that's what we want to do. You know, um, I used Luke and Mariana as an example. They came to America but you know, I know these two well enough to know right now. If God said, all right, go back to Argentina and start a church, they'd do it. Now, is that what God, I don't know what it is, but I know their hearts. I know them well enough to know. Because we prayed for them the other night. God gave us vision on their life, and he's going to use them mightily. Right here, right now. And then for what, but I know their hearts. I know mom and pop's heart. Wherever God says go, they'll go. We got grandkids that live in the area, but if God told me and Kim to go to Canada, we got to go. Would we want? No, they'd be a part of us that wants to stay, but we would go. And that's what God wants from all of us. Because if we go there, He'll restore everything we may have given up and more. Today, my friends, I don't know where you're at in your wall with the Lord, but I want to encourage you. Have you given up everything or are you willing to? I'm not telling you God's going to ask you for anything today, but he wants to know, are you willing? Are you willing today to give up everything for him? No matter what, no matter where, no matter when. Do we pray every day, Lord, here I am, use me for whatever you want and any way that you want. You see, we can't put limitations on God. If you do, you're going to miss out. We can never put limitations on what we will allow God to do. Now, some people don't say that, but they do that. We don't come right out and say, God, I'm not giving up my family. I'm not there. But we do it. But I want you to look in deep into your heart today and say, have I given up everything? Am I willing to give up everything to follow the will of God on my life? Because it's going to bless you and it's going to help others. And that's really the whole thing. Jesus says it's not about us. It's about reaching others. Are we willing to die to self so that he can be glorified? And that others can come to know him, that we can help and bless and do the things that need to be done. Are we willing? Are we willing to forsake all to follow the call on our life? My friends, today maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never even come to a relationship with Him right now. I want you to know God loves you. God loves you. He was looking forward to this morning from the foundation of the world. Right now, God was looking forward to meeting you today. And God has got a destiny for your life. He's got a plan, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. There may be times it's going to be challenging. It's going to be tough, but it's going to make you strong. Your life's going to count for something. 
My friends, we can earn all the money in the world, and at the end it won't be worth anything. Jesus said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? But God today has given you an invitation to know him, that he can be your father, and that Jesus, by his sacrifice, can be your Lord and Savior. He died for your sins, something we could not do for ourselves. And right now, if you don't know Jesus, all you've got to do is ask him to come into your heart. Just a simple prayer of, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need your grace. I need your love. And I accept what Jesus did for me on the cross, that he can be my Lord and Savior. And I give my life to you. A prayer that simple. The Bible says, if you call out on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. The thief on the cross said one word that got him in a right standing with Jesus. He said, Lord, remember me. Lord means he's master of your life. And what did Jesus say today? You'll be with me in paradise because you acknowledge me of who I am. My friends, today, if you don't know Jesus, just pray that little prayer and then let us know. We want to pray with you. And also, we want to, we've got a book we want to send you on 13 steps. What next? How to walk that Christian life that God wants you to have. So if you've made that decision today, please contact Kim there through uh, the internet. You can contact us on a message through Facebook. Our email, gmm at gmail. Something other. It's behind me. Gmail.com. But contact us and let us know. We want, we want to pray with you. We want, we want to send you some information to help you with this new walk. My friends, we're so excited. For those, maybe you all believe it today, but I want to invite you. Take it all the way. You've got a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. Get on with the race. Run the race with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might.